0: like, oh, well, we don't ask those questions here. That's a dangerous idea. Welcome to Hallway Conversations. We're a trio of educators who have plenty of questions about teaching and learning and school culture, and we believe in the value of collaboration and reflection as we seek to keep growing as teachers. So this podcast is our place for thinking out loud together about issues in education and why they might matter to Christian educators. Welcome to the conversation. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Hallway Conversations. My name is Matt Beemers.
1: I'm Abby DeGroot.
2: And I'm Dave Mulder. Abby and Dave, before we begin, I just want to mention to our listeners that we relish feedback. So if you're listening, please drop us a line, say hello, tell us where you are in the world, share any show ideas you might have or any notice or wonders about this podcast, um, and send that feedback to hallwayconvospod at gmail.com. That's hallwayconvospod at gmail.com. Dave and Abby, we usually begin with a check-in question. So today's check-in question is I want you to think about the last week and looking back at it, what's something you are proud of in the last week? Mm. What is something that you are proud of? I will share mine while you're thinking about that. This past weekend I had to drive about 600 miles, that's about 1,000 kilometers for our Canadian listeners, to the North Dakota-Manitoba border. And back within twenty four hours to get a stamp in my passport. So I am really proud that I made that drive, that I got the stamp, and that I continue to work legally in the United (laughs) States. We'll take it. We'll take it. That's something that's something I'm proud of. I also never need to do that drive again (laughs) for the rest of my life. So that's that's where that's where I'll start. Abby, anything that comes to mind? Something you're proud of in the last week.
1: It got nice out, so finally, yeah. Um, right. <laughs> so, I always one of my favorite things in the spring is sprucing up my outside and my porch, planting some flowers. I got that done. I made myself a new address sign for nice. my house, got nice. that put up. So, just my little entryway, I'm feeling very proud of All right. right now. Nice. Yeah, my good accomplishment.
2: The good weather is notable for our listeners because two weeks ago, three weeks ago, we're recording this in early May, it snowed still. That's
0: right. So there is great rejoicing in the land, land. literally. How about you, Dave, something you're proud of last week? I'm gonna actually pick on my students. I've been working with grad students all semester. I'm so proud of the way they wrapped up their semester. I spent much of last week grading uh, grad students' projects. Uh, They've been working on this for like the second half of the course. This has been like a seven, eight week project. They killed it. It's just nice. fantastic. That's so fun. Yeah, and nice. to just see them—these are all practicing teachers, literally around the globe. I've got a student in Nigeria. I've got a couple in Indonesia, and to just see the quality of the work wow. that they're doing, localized to their particular mm-hmm. context, but really, really high quality stuff. And I just awesome. love it. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks, Thanks for sharing that. Last week, Dave
2: and I, last week we got an email from our friend and former professor, Jim mm-hmm. Scott. That's right. Mm-hmm. Jim was an advisor of mine many moons ago when I was an English secondary ed major. I still consider him a friend and a mentor.
1: Best teacher.
2: Yeah, yeah. He was an amazing, so amazing human being, amazing professor. Um, he's an excellent writer, and his writing often forces me to reflect on why I believe what I do. So mm-hmm. Jim's writing makes me uncomfortable. Um, and it's caused some good trouble in my life, is what I would say. <laughs> but Jim's email was quite short and to the point. Jim basically sent me an email and he, with a link, and it said, I read this article. I know you have a podcast. I think you should discuss it. And the article is titled, Your Kids Can Handle Dangerous Ideas. And the author starts by sharing a story of his daughter asking him if she can skip school the next day. So as parents, they said no. But then the author, Matt Groh, says to his daughter, the next time you skip school, don't tell your parents. And he goes on to say, quote, isn't that the point of skipping school after all? To sneak around, to steal time and space back from the arbitrary system that enfolds you to hell with permission. That's being a teenager, carving out a private life for yourself under the noses of authority figures who surround you. And then he goes on to say, When I look at the broader cultural landscape, I feel isolated in my permissiveness. Parents, or at least the parents who seem to win media attention are freaking out over everything their kids see, read, and do. I'll say that last line again, Gross's last line is, parents, or at least the parents who seem to win media attention are freaking out over everything their kids see, read, and do. So Dave and Abby, my question is really simple. Thanks, Jim, yeah. for sending I think thanks. I think so. I, I think yeah. so. Um, so Dave and Abby is not grossy author. Is, is he on to something hmm. here? I'm just curious what your initial reactions are even to is he on to something yeah. here?
0: Yeah. I was so glad that you pulled that quote because I think that's the key are the key line in the whole article. Okay. So I would encourage you to read We'll link it in the show notes and we, we would encourage you to read the original, but that bit about the parents are freaking out over everything their kids see, read and do oh, that, yeah. that just put a finger on the pulse Great. of what I see. Yeah. Right. Everyone is so anxious about their kids and perhaps rightly so, but it just makes me wonder like, yeah. how did we get here to yeah. this point where yeah. everyone is so anxious because then yeah, the kids are anxious because their parents are anxious. Yeah. So we're talking about Great. that. Right. And
1: I think, I think fundamentally we have to recognize that permissiveness and protectiveness both have the same goal, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And there's a line in here, um, question, right? Do you offer your kids broad exposure to the world and all its beauty and foulness and hope they make good decisions? Or do you try to protect them from ideas and activities that you see as dangerous or immoral and also hope they make good decisions, yeah. right? We're all trying to get to the same place. Right. Yeah. That, that, which is to raise point. good kids. Right. Right? Who who make good decisions. Mm-hmm. And so what
0: well, is the... F- you had a, yeah. you had a good bit that I underlined it here too, right? Uh, as long as my kids don't yeah, end up yeah. greedy, selfish, or the leader of fascist personality cult, we will be satisfied. Right. Yeah. Thought, right. Yeah.
1: But, but how much do you want them to be like you and protect them yeah. versus letting them explore the world and figure things out on their own? That's right. Which 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 is better right and mm-hmm. i do he also talks about like the the crazes to ban books and to right like he talks about the disney pixar turning yeah. red and the uproar mm-hmm. yeah that was about that i watched it i didn't really think it was that groundbreakingly yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: new yeah. right i wrote like what about yeah. ferris bueller yeah. right oh like, my
0: goodness
1: yeah. if there was ever a movie about yeah. thumbing your nose at parental authority yeah
0: right what about
1: i watched in the 80s right
2: yeah. why is yeah. this yeah yep. so what that's part of my question is sort of what what happened so my mom and dad listened faithfully to this yes, podcast yeah. mom and dad, Hi, mom and dad.
0: Hi, mom and dad. <laughs>
2: my mom and dad my mom and dad knew very little of what i did yeah. even in elementary school we would we would get on our bike and we'd leave for the day we'd bike into this um, small town of Queensboro. We would do all kinds of things that I don't even dare share because <laughs> they're listening. Um, and high school was often, was often the same way. And, yeah. and I'm not, I guess I'm not suggesting kind of this nostalgic return to that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, although maybe I am, but I, I don't think of yeah. a return to let your kids go and do whatever they want. My question, it's just interesting to me um, that that was my upbringing mm-hmm. and yet it's i want ex- i parent exactly the opposite mm-hmm. right and is it because of all those things i knew i was doing that my kids did that my parents didn't know about <laughs> that is that is somehow i wanted
0: like why do we want to control everything
1: i think because we can right technology
0: yeah is mm-hmm. part of it i think yeah How many of us are keeping tabs through an app on where our kids are at? I think it's possible in ways that it wasn't
1: possible 30 years ago. I
0: think you're right about that. But what are we scared of? Yeah.
1: Well, that that, that for me is a question. Yeah. As a mother of young ish children, right? Right. I think part of it is I'm scared for their safety. Yeah. Right? I think about worst case scenarios. Yeah. Right. um, so I think that's part of it. But I also think part of it is, and I I would be lying if I said this calculation doesn't go through my head, what are other people going to say if yeah. I let my kids
0: yeah. blank? Yeah, that, that social pressure. That social these, pressure, right? right. Especially yeah. for moms. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. I
1: think...
2: Can you talk about that for especially for moms, Abby, just as a mom, like...
1: Right. <laughs> <laughs> Coming off of Mother's Day, right? And all of the complicated... Yeah emotions that surround the things that moms carry Mm -hmm. that i think the emotional calculations that that we also always have to do in our in our brains right not only if even if i trust my kid to do this what is this mom gonna say what does that say what what happens if someone finds out that i did this will there be yeah right as a working mom as a there's all kinds of guilt that's already baked in Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's just complicated yeah. and it's layered and also our choices are public in ways that they have not been in the past mm-hmm. as well our individual parenting oh, choices right yeah,
2: yeah there it's like every every decision we make is up for public consumption yeah. everything is up is up for grabs and I think then as parents it just puts this pressure on we better get it right, right. Mm-hmm. because if we don't so that that's the pressure I sometimes feel as a dad is we better get it right. Like the article says, hope they make good choices, right? Mm-hmm. We better get it right so they make good choices. But I also wonder is we better get it right, not just for our kids' sake, but because of how people are going to – how we believe people what are going to – view? What right. does this mean okay. for me? How is this – like in the end, it just feels like actually another form of almost narcissism. Like how – it's know. about – it's actually about yeah. me as parents. Right. Right? And, and that's – and that's for me is why – Like I'll speak for myself, it can be hard to let go, because what might it what might it mean for me? Not just for my kids, like, Mm -hmm. and and I think that that is that is really scary, right? And I think it's even around ideas, right? It's Mm -hmm. it's this, you know, like I sometimes you read, or if you're on Twitter, right? There's a there's a video of of somebody making a good choice, like a a video of a young person helping someone cross the road, or Picking up garbage after a game. You just read through those responses, and one of the one of the uh, most predominant comments there is must have been must have been raised by good parents. Uh-huh. Must have had good parents. Mm. Must have had good parents, right? It's this assumption that if our kids are are making good choices, or engaging in good ideas, or in staying safe, that somehow they must have had good parents. Well, yeah. With, with all due respect, we know that's not a, that's not always true, right and, okay, right and but I think we we put that pressure on ourselves that you get one shot at this and you and somehow our kids' choices and this can be true, but it's not always true. they're not always a reflection um,
0: of our parents of, of uh, we, uh, we did this right Have you guys seen on Netflix at all maybe advertised there's a there's a Japanese show called Old Enough. Have, no. you, have you seen this? Okay, so the, the basic idea of the show is preschoolers in Japan, like like young kids, three, five-year-old kids, their parents say, I need you to go to the market and get this, and then they send the kid out, like, on their own, mm. and a camera crew following the kid through the city, and they go to the market, and sometimes they forget what they need to get, or yeah. it's, it's cute, and it's funny, but it just has me thinking how... Some of our fears about how the kids are is so culturally derived, too, yeah. right? Like, and, and, and like, there's a part of me that's just aghast to think about, like, no. oh, but I would never send a preschool. Yeah, I live in a pretty safe town, and there's a lot of people who'd be looking out. You saw a four year old walking down yes, the street huh? and be like, huh, I'm gonna go check in on that situation, right? right. And why am I so afraid of, of that idea. It just, it, it prompts me to wonder some things about, like, is this just a cultural? Yeah. yeah. And, and how
1: do we short-circuit our kids' development if we don't give them opportunities? For my kids, too, they thrive when I give them jobs to do, and I always tell them, I always frame it, we need you to be a functioning member of this household. Yeah. yeah. Right? This is your responsibility. Here's mm-hmm. my role, this is yours. Mm-hmm. Right? Gives them some ownership. Yeah. In. Being,
0: living there. Right, and so maybe that's a part of that conversation too yeah. when we're thinking about, you know, how do we how are we parenting, how are we teaching yeah. young people today like, let's recognize that the way that we're doing it here in North yeah. America, mm-hmm. is not the only way yeah.
1: right. and it's not morally right no, it's just no. culturally different. That's right.
0: that's right
2: but but it makes me think of the line, right Lord of the Rings, it's a, it's a dangerous business going out the door, right? <laughs> that's, and, that's right. and it is, right? If, if we don't if we're not willing to take risks or engage dangerous ideas or Mm -hmm. send our kids to the, to the store. Um, Yeah. Like there is a risk. There's always a risk. risk. Like, like, it's just, it's interesting to me, you know, like we've talked about, um, you know, like, what are we allowed to talk? You know, what do some school communities choose to talk about or not talk about Like the hidden curriculum or the silent curriculum. It's just, it's ironic to me that in our, in a, some Christian school communities, we don't want to have hard to- discussions about hard topics, and yet we put phones in the hands uh, of teenagers that's, that's right. that have that we should be way more concerned about that they're scrolling through, and we have no idea, and we think we have ideas of what we may check their phones, and yet we know there's all kinds of ways have you seen that TikTok? yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> all right. kinds of yeah. things that students. So I, I just even think there, like something does, like the audio and video do yeah. not line up. Yeah. Right? Do not talk about this, you know, with with a, um, a teacher, a mentor in a classroom, but go to your room and look at your phone oh. as long yeah. as you want, right? Like a something
1: lesson in there for me. Yeah, like
2: oh, yeah. something does <laughs> not something does not add up there. So I just think we need to
0: we need to rethink all of that. Well, we should be asking the questions. Yeah. We should yeah. be asking the questions. Absolutely. The the title of this piece really caught me, right? Like, your kids can handle dangerous ideas. And we're talking a lot about kind of the cultural moves that brought us to this place. But th- that had me really grappling a little bit, right? Like, we have fairly candid conversations with our kids around mm-hmm. the supper table. And there is that fearful piece for me, too. I so appreciate you, Abby, just saying, like, about the situation being a mom mm-hmm. and how that, and, and I th- I, I'm not going to presume to And I'm not saying that dads don't feel the
1: same pressure.
0: No, 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 but I think I am, it is different. There's different cultural expectations yeah. for moms than for dads, but I still feel a sense of that when we have had conversations around potentially controversial topics. Right. And I'm always kind of like, but I sure hope my kids like represent yeah. this well, because right. are people going to think weird things of yeah. me because I'm willing right. to have a conversation? Or, or maybe ask your teacher
1: right. that question in this way instead right. of in this way. Right.
0: Yeah. And yet, I want my kids I want my, kid I want my kids to be yes. able to ask that question. I yes. want them to grapple with supposedly yeah. dangerous and I guess that's the question I have behind mm-hmm. this question. okay, what makes these ideas dangerous? Right. why Why can we have some topics that are hard to ask questions about or to wonder about yeah. and like because there's some cultural expectation like, oh well, we don't ask those questions here. Yeah. that's a dangerous idea right. and
1: i think I think in Christian schools we have a unique opportunity to engage hard questions yeah, yeah. with our students. We should have that We should have, right? right? Yeah. I think we do have. I don't know that people always take it for a variety of reasons. That's right. Yeah. Um, much the same way that parents might feel pressure, I think teachers do. Yeah. Right? How might what I say uh, be really misconstrued?
0: Yeah. Be totally what kind of social yeah.
1: and public misrepresentation, yeah. shaming yeah. might happen right. if I... Bring up this idea that could be controversial.
2: Well, I, I think I think in that totally, and I think in in that sense, school communities, church communities, right? They plot a course. They decide this is the direction we're going, mm-hmm. and then as teachers, you sort of have to abide by that. And I think there's this pressure that if somehow, even if done in good faith, right. That word gets back that somehow you've engaged a topic that a community has decided we're not going to engage that, or we've actually made we've actually made decisions mm-hmm. about that already. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. That if you're not somehow not supporting that decision, that that comes off as being unsupportive of, of the of the Christian school. When, yeah. when in fact it actually could be exactly the opposite. of actually we want to have these discussions yeah. and, to help us reach christ-centered biblical conclusions and how can you do that without
1: talking about it and how can your students take ownership of those decisions if the adults are always making them and never discussing them with with the students right right. so there are all kinds of developmental theories right i teach ed psych so i'm always thinking about students have to like so james marcia has a whole theory on identity um formation and students need a crisis uh, right? In order to, to have a commitment. Otherwise, yeah. they're in foreclosure, and they don't have a deep commitment to the ideas. Yeah. if someone tells them, this is what you believe, and they never yeah. are given a chance to grapple yeah. with it or face any sort of wondering about mm-hmm. that issue, they do not develop a deep commitment to it. Right. Right? right? right. And so you're robbing them of that opportunity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you, you think to, you're doing the opposite. But you then. think that right. you're, you're leading them right. But you're really robbing them of the opportunity yeah. to come to that conclusion on their own. Yeah. If you say this is what you believe and yeah. don't give them the opportunity to grapple with it.
0: And this has me wondering for Christian educators then, like, are we so fearful? Maybe, maybe the title should be like teachers. You can handle dangerous. And parents, you can handle You're dangerous right. ideas. Like we should be able to have conversations. And about trust everyone things. to
1: still come to biblical, Conclusions. Yeah. That's
0: right. Yeah. And and to be okay, saying sometimes we're going to disagree about things, yeah. and right. that doesn't mean that someone is evil because you disagree. Uh-huh. Like that. That I think is the undercurrent that so often in Christian circles, anyway, I, I pick up. Like, yeah. well, if you, you if you disagree with me, then you're yeah. evil. Yeah.
2: Right. yeah. But then but then I'd go a step further, and I'd say, school boards and school principals, your teachers can handle dangerous ideas. <laughs> yeah, do right. you <laughs> do you trust your teachers? To lead dangerous discussions around dangerous ideas, and if you don't, then maybe there's actually a bigger discussion that needs that needs to happen. Yeah. Like, I it's it just strikes me if I think about my own children in, in um, Christian education, one of the re- one of among many the reasons we sent our kids to to Christian school. And one of the reasons we hoped that they would go to a Christian university is because we wanted adults in their life Mm. having hard conversations with them. We did not send them to Christian school to not have those conversations. Uh We did not send them to Christian school to avoid having conversations like right. I think about my my own schooling growing up. We, in Canada, we never talked in our Christian school about some of the atrocities that First Nations people experience at the hands of the church. And I don't, I i was young then. I don't know if that was a conscious decision or if it, that was just avoided, um, but I just think about how how hard discussions about that would have helped me out just deepen my understanding of of fall, and restoration, and reconciliation, right. and, and truth, and, and to name hard things, and how does that empower you to name other hard things in your life, and deepen understanding of, of what does it mean to care and love your name, you know, to right. love mercy right. and act justly, and it's like, that's exactly what we should be talking about mm-hmm. about in Christian schools, and yet it's, it seems like for some... It's it's they send their kids to Christian schools to avoid those conversations. Mm-hmm. So it feels like we're sort of at this, almost at this crossroads in, in many Christian schools of mm-hmm. saying, we're either going to engage these, because that's what we should be doing, or we should avoid these, because that's what we should be doing, so that our kids, quote-unquote, turn out the right way. We right. still want the same <laughs> thing. <right>. Yeah. <laughs> so I just think it's like, what are we, what do we want to be on about as Christian schools? Yeah. Well,
0: I'm firmly in
1: the camp of engaging the question.
0: Yeah, well, I am too. Yeah. And, and I think it's worth, is it worth the potential follow-up for right. me as a teacher? For, and for and how parent, do you walk that right? line well? Yeah. Yes. And I think that that's where, I so appreciate what you were saying there, Matt, I'm thinking about like different aspirations parents have for why, especially right. in Christian schools, why are you choosing yeah. to send your kid to a Christian school? Is exactly. it because you want to protect them from the yeah. world? Or because you want to prepare them to yes. engage the world? And I think those are two very different stances. Yeah. And yet, most Christian schools probably have a combination of parents who have yeah. some combination of yeah. those. And
1: I, and I don't know that they would consciously say, I want to protect them from the world. Right. Yeah. Right. You know, so I, mm-hmm. I, it's almost a, yeah, it's a learned behavior. In some ways. But,
2: yeah. But part of it too, though, is if I think about young people, like those hard questions exist for young people. They like,
0: oh, yes. they <laughs> are. Right. Uh,
2: they are asking questions about sexuality. They are asking questions about race. They are asking questions about all these. That's what young people do, and, and God bless them for asking those hard questions. That's, frankly, that's we, normal. That's we should want totally. We to should ask want questions. them to, and and again, that for me is 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 if they can't ask those in our christian communities church home or school they're going to ask them something they're going to find the answer to those right. questions well, somewhere so who do we want to partner with yes in helping
0: them not just give them the answer but help them Understand and discover the answer, yeah. and wouldn't that be the ideal, right? For parents and churches yeah. and Christian schools to be working in concert together, yeah. recognizing we're all in this because we love yeah. kids and we want right. good for kids, right. and yeah. so we we can can we handle dangerous ideas in that kind of a context? Yeah. I would hope so, yeah. and yet I think there's a lot of fearful people who don't want to have that conversation.
2: Yeah, so, sometimes I, it makes me just wonder if we do. In the end, we don't give our our teachers and our students enough credit mm-hmm. for their ability to have mm-hmm. those honest discussions. Yeah. And in the end, maybe then it does it come down to trust. Can we trust? Can we trust our teachers and students to have those discussions without micromanaging every little piece mm-hmm. of it? Friends, we know that your time is valuable, and we want to thank you for joining us today for another hallway conversation. Whether it is this day, this week, this month, or this school year, we hope that the Lord gives you what you stand in need of to end well. And as you go into this day, we send you with this blessing. God, go before you to lead you. God, go behind you to protect you. God, go beneath you to support you. God, go beside you to befriend you. Do not be afraid. May the blessing of God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be upon you. Do not be afraid. Go in peace to love and serve the Lord. Amen. Thanks for joining us and
0: thanks for listening,
2: everyone. Have a good
0: week. This podcast was quite literally dreamed up during one of our actual Hallway Conversations. Our music is by Ethan Mulder. Hallway Conversations is an independent podcast created and produced by Matt Beamers, Abby DeGroat, and Dave Mulder. Thanks for listening. I also just
2: want to confess at the end of this, I did skip school quite a bit when I was in <laughs> high school. My parents d- did not know about it. Mom and Dad. Just so you know, we stopped at the Tim Hortons in uh, Uptown, New Westminster, and we always missed our first period Everyone of class. Everyone will be shocked to know yeah. that I did
1: not. Yeah.
0: yeah. It was shocking. This is this is my colleagues right here. I did one time. <laughs> you really? One time we left for lunch. <gasps> so, wow, true.
1: So not class.
0: True Confessions of the Teenage Soul.